1: from the Ford dealers of America. Everyone's saying that the 50 Ford is a great car. Listen to what Mr. W. W. Henderson of Pomona, California, one of more than 470,000 owners of new Ford, says. Last January, I bought a new 1950 Ford six-cylinder two-door. This car is truly a pleasure to drive.
2: And its economy's wonderful. I've driven it about 6,000 miles in city and country, driving an average over 21 miles per gallon. It rides quiet and steers easily, too.
1: Yes, the owner of a 1950 Ford knows the real meaning of economy. He'll tell you that his big, new Ford is low in first cost, inexpensive to maintain, and thrifty to operate. But find out for yourself. Stop at your nearest Ford dealers and get the facts on Ford economy. Then get in the driver's seat and test drive the big, new Ford for fifty.
2: Good morning, Commissioner. Steve! Well, what part of the world do I head for to get shot at this time?
3: You've been hounding me for a vacation lately, haven't you?
2: Sure, but that hound is a barking dog you never bite.
3: You've got a vacation coming to you. Go ahead and take it. Come again? You heard me. Take your vacation. Are you kidding? Of course not. Uh, there's um,
2: just one condition. I should have known. What is it? I picked a <clears> spot. Alaska. Alaska? Now, look. If I'm taking a vacation, I'd like to go somewhere and bake in the sun. Haven't you ever heard of baked Alaska? Oh, you're in real great form today. Uh, Look, do
3: you want this vacation or don't you? Do I have a choice? No. That's what I thought. Well, you're sure, of course, that it is a vacation. You know, you're a very suspicious man. Sure it's a vacation. Of course, uh, there is the matter of the two
2: missing scientists. Oh, great. My vacation has just turned into a busman's holiday. Okay, let's have it.
3: There's yeah, probably nothing to it, really, just a uh, simple matter. Sure,
2: sure, just a simple matter. But somebody will probably have me chained to a sinking iceberg before it's over. Steve, a week ago, two scientists went to Alaska. An ex-Nazi named Dr.
3: Herman Kreutzer, who's been de-Nazified, we think, and a younger man, a nuclear physicist, Dr. William Peters. Hmm. Why'd they go up there? To conduct experiments on the effect of water temperature on a new theory of submarine detection. They were to be gone three months. Two days ago was Peter's wedding anniversary. He'd promised to call his wife on that day. She didn't hear from him.
2: Well, a guy forgets to call his wife,
3: so you send me to Alaska? When Mrs. Peters didn't hear from him, she got worried and flew to Fairbanks. She's there now, waiting to meet you. You think these two scientists stumbled onto something important up there, huh? I don't know anything about it, Steve, other than what I've just told you. But I I can't help thinking that... uh...
2: Sure, sure.
3: Now, when you think, I move. Okay, Alaska it is. Mrs. Peters is at the Waterfield Hotel in Fairbanks. Well, that's it, Steve. You've got your assign... I mean, your vacation. Good
0: luck. You are listening to Dangerous Assignment, starring Brian Donlevy as Steve Mitchell, colorful, two-fisted government agent, At all those places of the world where danger and intrigue walk hand in hand, there you will find Steve Mitchell on another dangerous assignment.
2: Sure, I've got myself a vacation. A big, fat week. Nothing to do but enjoy myself. Plus, of course, the little matter of locating two missing scientists in an area big as most of Europe put together. Well, it's Wednesday when I get to my destination. Mrs. Peters is waiting for me in her hotel room.
4: I'm so glad you're here to help, Mr. Mitchell. I've been worried sick. Oh, I know it sounds silly. Call it a premonition or a woman's intuition or whatever you want, but I think something's happened to Bill and Dr. Kreitzer.
2: Well, it could have slipped his mind. Bill
4: is a scientist, Mr. Mitchell. He never forgets anything.
2: I understand he's a nuclear physicist. That's right. Hmm. Seems a little strange that he should come up here with Dr. Kreutzer when the purpose of the trip had nothing to do with his specialty. He's
4: been working very hard lately. He thought the change would do him good.
2: How long has your husband known this Dr. Kreutzer?
4: Ever since Kreutzer came to the United States, shortly after the war.
2: Hmm. You know much about Kreutzer?
4: No, hardly anything. But Bill seemed to take a liking to him right from the first.
2: He ever talked to you about Kreutzer's political beliefs?
4: No. No. As a matter of fact, Bill has always avoided any political discussion.
2: I see. Well, have you any leads that I can follow?
4: Yes, this postcard. It's from Bill. Mailed the day you arrived.
2: From here in Fairbanks?
4: No, from a place called Cordova. He mentioned staying at a Mrs. Ludwig's boarding house there.
2: Cordova? Let's see. I've got a map of Alaska here someplace. Yeah. Yeah, here we are. Cordova is a town south of here on the coast. Incidentally,. Take a look at these pictures they gave me in the States. One's your husband, and the other's Dr. Kreutzer. Are they reasonably good likenesses? Yes, they are, Mr. Mitchell. Well, I'm going to fly down to Cordova and talk to this Mrs. Ludwig at her boarding house, and I'll let you know if I turn up anything there.
5: Yeah,
6: yeah, 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 I come, I come, I come, I come.
2: Yes? You uh, run this boarding house? I am, Mrs. Ludwig. You want a room? Well, I want some information about two ex-boarders, Kreutzer and Peters. Hmm. Who are you? Steve Mitchell. I'm a friend of theirs.
6: Then I want to talk to you, Mr. Mitchell.
2: Well, that makes it mutual.
6: Come in, come in. Yes, I want very much to talk to a friend of Kreutzer and Peters. Why? Because they skip out of here without paying their bill. Oh. Now, if you are a friend of theirs, maybe you pay for it.
2: Well, how much is it?
6: Room and board. Three days for the two of them. Thirty dollars. Thirty dollars.
2: So they only stayed here three days,
6: huh? Yeah, and that is not bad enough for them to skip out without paying. They have to check in at the Atlas Hotel for another day, but they pay over there.
2: Wait a minute, let's get this straight. Yeah. They leave this boarding house, check in at the Atlas Hotel, and leave again after a day there? Yeah, yeah. Well, how long ago did they spend this day at the hotel?
6: Three days ago.
2: Did they leave any forwarding address there?
6: No, that I check. The clerk is a friend of mine, but he told me that they leave no address. Now, about this money they owe, you take care of it?
2: Well, I'll make a deal with you, Mrs. Ludwig. I'll take care of their bill if you can give me any more leads about them.
6: Uh, leads? What is this leads?
7: Well, what I mean oh, is... Woman, well,
2: I thought you told me you were going to clean
7: up my room this day.
6: I am. I can't do two things at once, Mr. Campbell. I get round to it as soon as I have time.
7: Well, for the price a man pays here, he's a right to expect a little service.
6: You don't like it here, you move. Well,
2: I have a good mind, to. Hey, hey wait a minute. Uh... Uh, are you addressing me? Yeah, look. You're a boarder here. Maybe you heard the two guys I'm looking for talking about where they were going.
7: Without knowing whom you're looking for, I couldn't say.
6: This is Mr. Mitchell. He says he's a friend of Kreuzzo and Peters, the two that skipped out a few days ago. Mr. Mitchell,
7: I've got no time to indulge in idle gossip. I'm a hard-working lumberman.
2: Yeah, I figured that without your telling me.
7: And what do you mean by that?
2: That pine smell sticks out all over you. But if you could just tell me anything that you might have heard them say... I've got no information that will help you. Huh. Nice, friendly guy.
6: Well, he pays his rent, which is more than your friends did. Now, are you going to pay their bill or not?
2: Okay. And I'll take a room here, too. Now, is there anyone else who might have information about Kreutzer and Peters? Mr. Julian used to talk to them now
6: and then. Hmm. He's another boarder. Runs a shoe repair shop down the street.
2: Mr. Julian. Okay, I'll check with him.
6: Just a minute. Well,
2: if you think of something else? Yeah.
6: If you want a room here, it's cash in advance.
8: Yes, sir. Be right with
2: you. Okay. Ah, oh, what can I do for you, sir? Uh, your name, Julian? Yeah. I'm Steve Mitchell. A nice little place you've got here.
8: Well, thanks, Mr. Mitchell.
2: Yeah, I finally got in the place
8: in pretty good shape. Yeah. I see you've been doing a little remodeling. Uh, Heavy machinery is hard on these pine floors. I have to put in new flooring every now and then. Mm. You know, the smell from these boards reminds me of one Mr. Campbell. Oh, you know Campbell? Yeah. I just met him at Mrs. Ludwig's. About as friendly as a clam, isn't he? Well, he's not what you'd call talkative Mm. Uh, Mr. Mitchell, I don't think that you came here either to talk about Mr. Campbell or to have your shoes fixed. What's on your mind? Well, I'm
2: trying to locate two friends of mine, Kreutzer and Peters. Mrs. Ludwig told me that you'd talked to them a couple of times at the boarding house, and I thought maybe you could help me. Go ahead and wait on your
8: customers. I'm in no hurry. All right. Do you uh, sell shoes here? Uh, only secondhand on claim pairs. they in the window? Uh, yeah, help yourself, please, huh? Be right with you in just a minute. All right. Uh, Mr. Mitchell, are you sure that you're a friend of Kreutz and Peter's? Yeah. Why? Because I think I know where you might find your friends. Where? I heard them speak of going to see a girl named Christine Beauvais, I think they called her, up in Anchorage. I didn't say anything to Mrs. Ludwig about it because if they want to leave without paying their bill, it's their business. I'm a shoe repair man, not a debt collector. Christine Beauvais? How, how long ago was that? Oh, three. No, no, four days ago. Yeah, I remember, For because that was the day that we had the scare about the submarine. What submarine? Oh, a couple of fishermen sighted what they thought was a periscope close offshore. We've had several reports like that up here lately. Hmm.
2: Yeah, we've had them all over lately. Okay, thanks, Julian. I'll uh, see you around. Well... I never thought I'd find a Chinese puzzle in Alaska, but it sure looks like I'm staring one in the face right now. Two scientists take off for Alaska on a three-month trip. They skip out of a boarding house in Cordova, check in and out of the Atlas Hotel in the same town, then head for Anchorage to see a girl named Christine Bove. At this point, I don't even have a glimmer of what's behind it all, but I do know my next stop is Anchorage. It's dark when I get there and I look up Christine Bove in the phone book and go on over. Yeah? Are you uh, Christine Bove?
4: Sure. Come on
2: in. I'm uh, trying to get a line on a couple of friends of mine.
4: I know a lot of guys.
2: Their names are Kreutzer and Peters.
4: Never heard of them.
2: Look, they supposedly came here to Anchorage to see you. I tell you, I don't know them. Yeah, well, they were talking about coming to see you. Beat it! Now, Chris.
4: I said beat it!
2: All right. But if you change your mind, I'm staying at Mrs. Ludwig's boarding house in Cordova.
4: You heard me. Get lost!
2: add another piece to the puzzle. Why did Christine lie about knowing Kreutzer and Peters? I go down the street a ways, and I wait. A few minutes later, she comes out and takes off along the boardwalks. I follow. Suddenly, she darts into an alley. I speed up and turn in. It's dark in there, but enough light to tell me that she's disappeared and that it's a blind alley. Then I hear the car behind me. I whirl around. It's just entering the alley, heading for me, and the alley's just wide enough for that car. There's no room left over for me and nowhere to go. I'm trapped.
0: In a moment, you will hear the second act of dangerous
1: assignment after this brief message from the Ford dealers of America. When you want the facts about a car, it pays to go to the people who know. And this year, the folks who have had a chance to compare the new Ford are saying that it is the finest car Ford has ever turned up. Yes, ask any Ford owner, any garage mechanic, any filling station operator, and you'll soon learn that the beautiful new Ford is tops for comfort, for performance, for safety, and for economy. They'll tell you what a thrill it is to drive this great car. They'll talk about its power and the way it stands up under all kinds of driving conditions. And they'll give you the facts about Ford economy. For this car is low in first cost and high in resale value. It's inexpensive to maintain and thrifty on gas and oil. But see, hear, and feel the difference yourself. Before you buy any car at any price, stop at your local Ford dealers and test drive the big new 1950 Ford. And now here is the second act of Dangerous
0: Assignment starring Brian Donlevy as Steve Mitchell. The car keeps
2: coming down the alley toward me. It's no use to flatten myself against the wall. Then I spot a side door in the building. Locked. I throw my weight against it. The car's right on top of me now. The door gives. Just in time, the car screeches to a stop. It jams into reverse. Hightails back out of the alley. But not before I've spotted the guy inside. It's the man who came into the shoe shop while I was talking to Julian. So i have been followed even then. But why? It's morning when I get back to Mrs. Ludwig's boarding house in Cordova, and she's talking to a tall, skinny gent. I understand the cost
6: of that. Mr. Mitchell, this is Fred, the boatman. He's got some information about your deadbeat friend.
2: What is it, Fred?
6: Well, I make my living renting boats. see? Uh-huh. Well, four days
7: ago, this uh, Kreutzer and Peters came to me and wanted to rent a boat, see? Yeah. They wanted to go fishing, they said. So I rent them a boat, see?
2: Well, what about it?
7: Well, that's what I'd like to know. They never bring it back. See, this morning I find it hung up on a rocky point south of town.
2: Uh-oh! No sign of the two of them.
7: Nothing. Oh, no, no, no.
2: So my boat's ruined. See,
7: and nobody to pay for it. Wait a
2: minute. The day they rented that boat was I that by any that chance the day a sub was sighted off the coast?
7: Oh, I. What uh, yeah. say? Uh, right. Four days ago. Yeah. Yeah, I think it was.
5: I
2: call him. Why, what's that got to do with it? That's what I'm wondering. See?
6: Mr. Mitchell! Yeah? Telephone! For me? That's what the lady
4: said. Steve Mitchell!
2: Okay. Hello? This
4: is Christine Bove, Mr. Mitchell.
2: Christine Bove? Well, this is one call I never thought I'd be getting.
4: I couldn't talk to you at my apartment last night. I was afraid.
2: Afraid of what?
4: Someone's been following me.
2: Oh, is that why you ducked into that alley?
4: Yeah, I knew they were after me, but I managed to get away from them.
2: I was almost not so lucky.
4: Mr. Mitchell, will you meet me at Pete's bar tonight? I want to tell you something about Kreutzer and Peter's.
2: So you do know them?
4: Of course. When you asked me about it last night, I was afraid you were working with the men who'd been after me. I'll uh, tell you all about it tonight.
2: Okay. I'll be waiting there at eight. See you then.
8: Friend, what's it gonna be? <laughs> Brother, I know where you're from, Texas. Nope. Oklahoma. Uh oh. Just across the line. On a windy day, we could hear them Texans talk, though. <laughs> Friend, if you think I talk funny, you ought to hear the accent on them Texans. Yeah. Uh, your name Mitchell? Uh-huh. Some high stepping filly left you a message. Oh, what is it? She wants you to meet her at the cannery. The cannery? Where's that? Out on the pier yonder. Can't miss it. wonder why she wants me to meet her there. Friend, I don't ask no one no questions. You want to do your sparking and canneries? Well, that's your business. But me, son, I'll take it... Wait a minute. When this filly, as you call her, came in, was a man following her? Friend, if I hadn't been on duty, I'd have followed her myself. But not to the cannery. Me, I'd
2: have yeah, followed... Yeah, 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 here. That's for the drink.
8: Better have a refill, friend. Might kill your sense or smell. What do you mean? You get a whiff of the cannery, you know what I mean.
2: The cannery on the pier is dark. I spot a side door, open it, and the aroma of fish almost knocks me down. Suddenly, a hand closes around my mouth, pulling my head back. A gun jams into my back. Through the fish smell, I can catch a whiff of something else, a familiar smell I can't take. Then the gun eases a little. There's a flashlight outside. Steps along the pier. Probably the night watchman. The killer's waiting until he passes. I can't call out. My only chance is to make noise somehow. Then my eye catches a glint of shiny metal. A stack of tin cans near me. I drop to one knee and grab the hand over my mouth. The guy goes flying. The gunman takes off through the garden cannery. I try to follow, but I bump into every hunk of junk in the place. He gets away. Uh oh Christine Bovey was just a decoy. But again comes the big question. Why? By now I'm tired of asking myself, so I decide to ask the commissioner. Commissioner?
3: Oh, yes, Steve. I'm glad you called. I've been trying to get in touch with you. What have you got so far?
2: Well, I thought I had the whole deal figured out, commissioner, but it just blew up in my face. What do you mean? Well, put it together this way. Two scientists come up here. One of them is an ex-Nazi... Those boys have a reputation of selling out to the highest bidder. So? The other's the nuclear physicist who avoids the mention of politics. So they disappear from a rooming house, pop up at a hotel near the waterfront, they check out of that hotel, and somewhere along the line they rent a boat to go fishing. Now, that boat turns up later, but they don't. And along about this time, there's a submarine sighted off the coast. Hey. Yeah, I thought our boys had had a change of heart and decided to leave the country. But what happened a half an hour ago changed my mind.
3: What do you mean?
2: Somebody tried to kill me in a cannery. Now, if the scientists had left, the deal would be all over. Then why the attempt on my life? Now, that's
3: the point, Steve. Kreutzer and Peters haven't left the country. That's why I've been trying to reach you. Three days ago, they checked into a hotel in Victoria, British Columbia. What? They also dipped down to Seattle. At last report, they were heading north again.
2: Well, they could be collecting information from various points. That was
3: my thought. Maybe they're still planning on leaving the country after they've collected the information. If that's true, you've got to stop them.
2: Yeah, first I've got to find them.
3: And he leaves it all?
2: Well, I've only got one left. They checked in and out of the Atlas Hotel here in Cordova a few days ago. I'll go over there now. There's just a bare possibility that they may be back.
3: Where are you now, Steve?
2: I'm at Mrs. Ludwig's boarding house. What's the matter? Somebody just came in the front door. I'll call you back. Well, Mr. Campbell, the lumberman.
7: Oh, it's the man Mitchell,
2: isn't it? Yeah, it's the man Mitchell. You out kind of late tonight for a hard-working lumberman, aren't you?
7: I believe a man has a right to take a walk in the evening if he wants. to. That so.
2: all depends on where he walks. You weren't by any chance taking a walk down near the cannery, were you?
7: Now, why would I be walking down there?
2: That's just what I'm wondering.
7: I'll thank you to mind your own business, Mr. Mitchell.
2: You know, that's just what I'm trying to do. Well, sweet dreams, Campbell.
6: Okay. Okay, I'm coming. I'm coming. I'm sick and tired. I'm sleeping and hearing the bell. How do you want?
2: Uh, Look, a couple of guys stayed here at the Atlas Hotel about four days ago. Their names were Kreutzer and Peters. Do you remember them? Uh,
6: Did you haul me out of bed just to ask me about them? All I know is they stayed here a day and then they left.
2: I know, but there's a chance that they may come back here. Now, I want you to take a look at these pictures. And if you ever see these guys again, there's 20 bucks in it if you let me know right away.
6: Uh, What do you mean, see them again? Well, uh, let me take a look here. I never seen them guys in picture before in
2: all my life. What? But, but this is Kreuter and Peters.
6: Yeah? Well, them pictures ain't the guys who registered as Kreutzer and Peters.
2: Are you sure about that? Oh, sure, I'm sure. Uh, I see, I see. Well, thanks a lot. Uh, go on away. <laughs>
8: Oh, good evening, Mr. Mitchell. Julian, you're working a little late tonight, huh? Yeah. Seems like everybody in Cordova needs new half soles. Shoes don't last long in this country. Julian, I want you to take a good look at these pictures I've got. Oh, sure.
2: What about them? Are they Kreutzer and Peters?
8: Of course. Why?
2: Because the guys who registers as Kreutzer and Peters at the Atlas Hotel weren't, really.
8: What? But, look, I don't understand. Well, what does that mean?
2: I think I'm beginning to see part of the answer, but I...
8: Mr. Mitchell, what's the matter?
2: So there I am, standing on the new pine flooring in Julian's shoe shop when the smell hits me again. It's the same one I'd noticed before, when that guy in the cannery had clapped his hand over my mouth. And now at last I've got it pegged. And also at last a lot of things suddenly fall into place.
8: What's the matter, Mr. Mitchell?
2: I... I just had a thought, Julian... Say, you can do me a favor, if you will. Of course. What is it? What time will you be through here?
8: Oh, half an
2: hour. Okay. I want you to go to the boarding house and get Campbell, the lumberman. Get him to go to the cannery with you, and then the two of you wait there for me,
8: will you? Campbell? All right, Mr. Mitchell. I, I don't understand what you're up to, but I'll be glad to help.
2: I leave Julian's shop, round up a crowbar, shovel, flashlight, and my gun. Then I come back. The shop is dark by now. I go in a window and start ripping up the new pine flooring. A few minutes later, I'm digging in the dirt underneath. Pretty soon, I find what I'm after. Two bodies. I pull the pictures out of my pocket and by flashlight I compare them. Yeah, no doubt about it.
8: Congratulations, Mr. Mitchell. Well, hello, Julian. I see you brought your two stooges with you. Yeah, I didn't realize until almost too late that your purpose in sending me to find Campbell was to get me out of your way. However, I returned in time, and I must say it was very considerate of you to dig your own grave.
0: You will hear the conclusion of Dangerous Assignment after a
1: brief message from the Ford Dealers of America. Tonight, there are more than 470,000 enthusiastic 1950 Ford owners, and most of them are talking about their cars. Listen to what Miss Barbara Sargent of San Francisco says.
4: I've been wanting a car for a long, long time, so when I decided to buy, I took my time and looked all of them over very carefully. Finally, I chose the new Ford because it was the only car that gave me everything I wanted. It's a beauty, both inside and outside. It's the easiest car to drive I've seen yet and it gives me the smoothest ride of all the cars I tried. If anyone who is thinking of buying a new car will just drive one of the new Fords, I believe they'll agree with everything I said.
1: Yes, Ford owners, mechanics, service station attendants, and garage men all over the country agree. The new 1950 Ford is the finest car Ford has ever turned out. They're saying it's tops for performance, for comfort, and for economy. But see, hear, and feel the difference yourself. Stop at your neighborhood Ford dealers and test drive the big new Ford tomorrow.
2: Well, I guess that makes us even, Julian. I couldn't get you out of the way, but your stooges missed on me when they tried to run me down in Anchorage. How'd you boys enjoy your junket around the country posing as Kreutzer and Peters? Pick up a lot of information from your contacts? Come on,
8: Julian, let's get this over with. Yeah, get up out of that hole, Mitchell.
2: I know the floor covers me from the waist down. I put one hand on it like I'm going to climb out, but I fish the gun out of my pocket with the other. Then I throw a quick shot at the light overhead. I drop back into the hole just in time. I spot the pistol flash and let him have it. Only two to one now. Stop
8: circling, Marcus. Stop circling.
2: That's bad. If they come at me from two different directions at the same time, I'm cooked. I reach down and pick up my flashlight, snap it on and toss it out on the floor. One of them throws a shot at it. I give him one back. The third guy has had enough. He heads for the door, but as he jerks it open, he's silhouetted. I scramble out of the hole, grab my flashlight, and run to the door. The guy lying there is Julian. Well, the merry-go-round was nice while it lasted, Julian. Only you weren't lucky enough to grab the brass ring. You got a lead slug instead.
8: I thought I had a good plan.
2: You did. You know, I thought that submarine was hanging around to pick up some agency. I didn't realize it had landed a couple. You guys had heard about Kreutzer and Peter's trip. You grabbed them right after they got up here and killed them. Then your boys took their papers and started around the country collecting information and reports from your various contacts. That about the way it breaks down, huh?
0: What?
8: What went wrong, Mitchell?
2: You gave yourself away, Julian.
8: No, no, I couldn't have.
2: When you clapped your hand over my mouth down at the cannery, I got a whiff of a very familiar smell, but I couldn't peg it until I was in here talking to you earlier tonight. Then I smelled it again, and it registered shoe polish. It's shoe polish? Yeah. Like most smart boys, you overlooked one little item. In this case, the smell of shoe polish on your hands. Yeah. That's what tripped you up, Julian. Or maybe I should say polished you off. <laughs>
0: now a special announcement for friends of Dangerous Assignment. Dangerous Assignment will next be heard Wednesday May 3rd at the same time over most of these NBC stations. That's Wednesday May 3rd at this same time. You have just heard another episode in the exciting new adventure series, Dangerous Assignment, starring Brian Donlevy in the role of Steve Mitchell. Dangerous Assignment is written by Bob Reif, with music by Bruce Ashley, and is directed by Bill Karn. Be with us again Wednesday, May 3rd, at the same time, when Brian Donlevy, starring as Steve Mitchell, will embark on another Dangerous Assignment.
5: Dangerous <laughs> Assignment
0: Tomorrow is Tuesday. That means Bob Hopes on NBC. That concludes today's episode. We'd like to thank you and remind you to donate at choiceclassicradio.com Remember, your donations make episodes like this possible.